0: We do this with Thanksgiving, too, with food, right? Thanksgiving is Turkey Day where you eat enough food to feed like 20 families by yourself. Then you lay on the couch in a comatose state while your wife does the dishes even though she just cooked, and you're watching football, right? Thanksgiving is a day off for a lot of the men. It's not a day off for a lot of the women I know, just saying. But we do this, right? We, we twist these things with our behavior, right? My dad used to say, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks, right? Smart dad. Smart dad. Yeah, my dad used to say some pretty good things. Occasionally he still does. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I, know, I know what I'm getting for Christmas this year. but that's what we so we say to our we say to our loved ones Christmas is about Jesus but we say with our wallet and with our time that Christmas is about things this is dangerous for us The other trap, so you know, we have this one trap where we get stuck in our materialism, and this is honestly, now you don't have you don't have to be loaded to have a materialism problem, right? But it's easier in a country where everyone is loaded, like ours. Okay. The other side of this problem is that we over spiritualize ourselves, right? We say things like, "Well." Cr- Christmas is really just a pagan holiday. You know, and you go ahead and enjoy your pagan holiday. And, uh, you know, how terrible for you. You're such a terrible Christian because you exchange gifts. And, uh, you know, you can't participate in anything. You know what? Why don't you just walk around in sackcloth and ashes and just feel like a terrible person? Right, we have the other side. Right, that's crazy. Just saying. First... First of all, it's crazy. It's crazy. The cross, right? We, the cross, right? We venerate the cross. It is the symbol of God's love, of God's justice, right? Guess what the cross was before Jesus rose from the dead? A torture implement, right? A pagan symbol of raw power. Jesus took the cross, turned it into his own personal throne, and redefined it to mean something else. Christianity, in many ways, is about taking lost things and restoring them to what they were before we perverted them. That's what it is. So, sure, I'm sure there's some pagan whatever involved in Christmas. So? So? We've repurposed it to celebrate God with us. Relax. It's okay. But you see, there's this trap, right? We either get caught up in this craziness over here, where we feel like we have to spend a bajillion dollars, and we're paying off Christmas for like a year. We're like on this yearly cycle. (laughs) We start doing overtime. We start spending like this much time with our family right around October so that we could pay so we're not in debt. Or we're spending this much time with our family in January, February, and March so we can pay off our debt later. (laughs) Or we go the other way and we try to make everyone feel guilty and horrible because they're enjoying the season. If this is love... How come God doesn't treat his own children this way? Huh? I want to go to John chapter 6. And we're, you know, we're going to talk about the Christmas story. We're going to get there. But this scene with Jesus in John chapter 6 is really special Because it speaks to us, it speaks to our particular situation. So I want to go to John 6. I want to go to, uh, I want to start in verse 22. And I'm going to read through to verse 27. I don't remember if I gave you this verse or not. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I am kind of sorry if I didn't. Uh, Okay. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with the disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, You are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Your loved ones don't need you to be their Santa Claus. The Jews there are following Jesus because he he gave them food. Okay? So, Jesus is trying to call their attention to something else, right? To a vision of the kingdom of God. He's trying to show them the Father. The people just want more food. Or they want to see another miracle. You see, when we engage in these kinds of things, when we engage in, in using our money, you know, we engage in the Christmas season, whatever... This stuff always needs to call our, our attention back up to the Lord. What happens is we, a lot of times, get stuck down here with the symptoms, right? We start, we'll follow someone around because they have money to give us, food to give us. Or we think, we convince ourselves that our loved ones won't love us Or they'll think we don't love them unless we give them a lot of stuff. This is an easy thing to trick ourselves into, right? We make ourselves more than we are. And then we put ourselves in impossible situations. And so then we find ourselves at the store, right? And so I'm sure you can picture yourself here. You're standing in front of a gift card rack for a person you haven't seen in 10 months, 11 months, Maybe twenty months, maybe three years. You haven't seen them and you're deciding what to do. You're like, okay, how much do I love this person? Twenty five dollars worth? Ten dollars worth? Fifty dollars worth? You know, you're like perusing through, you're like, what do I what do I do? A thousand dollars worth, a hundred dollars right, this is hard, right? A lot of time a dollar, I heard a dollar. <laughs> but doesn't it seem that way like Isn't it really a time sometimes where we just, it's almost like we're trying to put a numerical value on how much we like someone or, or (laughs) we're trying to figure out how much the gift they're going to give us is. They're like, well, I don't like them that much. I will, I would only spend $10, but I'm pretty sure they're going to spend 25. So we should do 25 right? How many times have you had that conversation or one something like that in your head or with your spouse? I have. I have been in that conversation plenty of times. We give lip service to a Christmas without presents. You ever heard of like, you ever heard a parent say, oh, you know, I'm so worried we're not going to have Christmas this year. I mean, even the who's from Whoville knew that that's a crazy thing for us to say. But I hear, I hear parents. I've heard my own parents say it. I've heard. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever not heard a parent express that fear at least once. Now, I mean, I'm going to become a parent in like seven months, so I'll, I'll, I'm sure I will taste some of that soon. But I. <laughs> But, but I wonder if by saying those things we're not telling the people we love what we really think Christmas is. How many times have you had a scaled down Christmas by choice? We've had scaled down, we'll, we'll swath it in holiness, right? Well, you know, we're having a scaled back Christmas this year because, you know, we just, we just want to make it about family. And what it really is, is that you're broke <laughs> and you can't spend the money you want to spend. So we dress it up as being a holy, but the fact is that if we had the money, we would spend the money. We can say what we like. But if you want to know what a person really thinks, watch how they spend their money and watch how they spend their time. That will tell you a lot about what they really value. A lot of times we treat money like it can solve all of our problems. If only I had more money. Well, I don't know. But Hollywood is a mess. <laughs> Those people, there is a lot going on. Now, to be fair, <laughs> I know enough. you know, I've, I've been a pastor for only a few years, and I know that most of what you see in Hollywood happens in every other kind of family, too. It's just obvious to them because they have a bajillion dollars and camera, cameras follow them around everywhere, okay? But like, even, even just the few families that I'm connected to. If paparazzi followed them around, we would see that stuff too. So all that money didn't solve their problem, and it actually created a few new ones. Now you have to hire security. Now you're worried about is somebody going to rob me of my 10 bajillion dollar purse that's on my arm? You know, is someone going to key my hundred thousand dollar car? You know, like everything costs more to fix, right? <laughs> so money is an excellent tool, but it is a poor master. But at Christmas time, what we really think of money sometimes is exposed and brought to the surface. Because if we had the money, we would spend it. But we don't have the money, so we pretend that we're not spending it because we're not materialistic. No, we are. We just don't have it. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm talking to myself too, man. We become slaves to the the demands of our obligations. How many times have you been standing in front of of a gift card? You don't... You do not... Look, you're going to see this person once in the next 10 years. And yet you feel like your arm's being twisted to buy them something because you think maybe that their parent is going to buy something for your kid. You ever felt that? You don't have the money. Right? You're you're like struggling to pay your water payment or your heating bill. So we're going to put the heating bill on the credit card so we can spend a few hundred dollars on Christmas gifts. How does that make sense at all? And yet we do it. But why, why do we do it? Right, because right now we got some good old Protestant guilt going on, right? We're terrible people. Okay. Why do we do this? Does someone say because we're crazy? Yeah. <laughs> we are a little crazy. We do this because Jesus is not as much in charge to us as we say he is. We do this because we've rooted our self worth in whether or not so and so likes us and not in who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so what we do is we make them gods who get to decide whether or not our gift is worthy. And we give because we have to, to meet the demand of that God, of that idol not because we want to so that we can bless them. Does that make sense? We fall into this trap. It happens every year. And so Christmas for us becomes a time when we're just buying people's affections with gifts so they can buy our affections with gifts. And how many know that affection bought with a gift is pretty fickle? Just ask the average politician how quickly everyone's memory disappears every good thing that guy does forgotten as soon as something bad goes wrong as soon as something bad happens all the all the little gifts you got forget about it love is not cheap Our family and friends will not love us because we got them a $25 gift card. Now, we can buy them a $25 gift card because we love them and we know they like to read. Out of the generosity of our own heart to want to bless them. But we will poison ourselves if we come from the other side and think that we're buying their love. Does that make sense? Why do you think... Why, why do you think... Why do you think the skies don't open up and money just drop on you all? Right? We're children of God, right? So where's all the money? I, well, I don't know where it is. I mean, somebody, somebody in the room maybe knows. Where's Easy Street? (laughs) I don't know. It's probably some alley (laughs) somewhere in New York City. Right? Where's this easy time? It's nowhere to be found. That's right. Do you doubt that God loves you? If you don't doubt that God loves you, but you're not being showered with riches, then we know people don't have to be showered with riches to know they are loved. Does that make sense? Yeah. if we find ourselves staring at a gift card rack, thinking about an obligation rather than spending out of the joy, we may be spending money we don't have to spend. And your family members might guilt you. You're a terrible person. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're so, look, okay. You're not okay you're not being a Christian can be a challenge it would be easy to say money is evil make sure you hold your nose while you're using it It stinks (laughs) right (laughs) you picture that in your head (laughs) Here's take my money. <laughs> it's so funny. But being a Christian means we say money is a tool that I can use to make my own life better, to make the lives of other people's better and to glorify God. Just like anything else in life, right? The Christian life is about learning to marry the spirit and the flesh together. That's who Jesus is, right? He's the place where heaven and earth meet, intersect, That's who all of you are. So money itself isn't evil. The love of money is. Just like the love of anything above God is evil. The scripture doesn't teach us to hate money, it teaches us to use it wisely. Notice that Jesus does not, in fact, promise. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 6, where we were. So, it's really easy. This one might make you mad at me. So, if you do get mad at me, Pastor Dan will answer all, all your questions in the back there <laughs> later. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes we want to attack people who have money because we don't have money. We want to say they're materialistic because they have a $300,000 home. We don't say that because we think they're materialistic. We say that because we wish we had a $300,000 home. We have to learn how to be honest with ourselves. Because sometimes we will say things, terrible things about other people just to mask something else that's going on in our heart. So I want to read verse 22 of uh, chapter 6 and I'll, I'll read through a few more verses. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, for what you will eat or drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Because God is going to give you everything you ever wanted. Oh, that's not in there, right? No, it's not. It says... Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? You see, one of the foundational teachings about humanity in the Christian walk is that we often want the wrong things. The heart is deceitfully wicked. You hear people say all the time, trust your heart. Really? Do you know what I want to do half the time? I can't trust my heart. (laughs) I know what's going on in there. Jesus says, if the eye is the lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is full of light, how great is that light? And your eye is full of darkness, how great is that darkness? You ever meet someone, of course, no one in this room would be like this, of course. Uh, You ever meet someone who's, Vision of, of life is so narrow. Like they can only see through one way of looking at things that they are completely blind to everything else. Right? They can only see through this filter of uh, sexism or humanism or everything is a demon or racism or everything is about class or everything is about money. Like, right? So everything is filtered through that one thing. Or everything is evil. If you're smiling, you're evil. You can't have fun. Right. This is what Jesus means. Oftentimes we say to ourselves, oh, I just, I wish we had a little more money. I can't tell you how many times I've thought that. I wish I just had a little more money. But you know what the Holy Spirit says back to me? (laughs) Hey, and, and you really think you're going to be good with that little more money? <laughs> Emily's shaking her head at me back there. No. No, you wouldn't. You would spend it on another book that you wouldn't read because you're way behind or you'd buy a cherry Coke with it. We become ruled by these things it's possible to be greedy and be dirt poor and I've seen it it's disturbing it's possible to be greedy and really rich it's possible to think that you're better than everyone else because I don't need money I'm better than you Uh I don't spend money on Christmas gifts. I sit around in rags, and I purposefully not enjoy myself. Jesus loves that. No, he doesn't. (laughs) We have to learn how to balance ourselves correctly. Money is a tool, not our master. That is the Christian life, right? It's about taking the things that are supposed to be tools and making them tools again. Because we've spent too much time letting them be in charge. That's what happened in the garden. The Bible has a very sophisticated understanding of evil, right? When when Satan tempts Jesus in the desert, it's not an arm wrestling match, right? It's not WWF, you know, there's no like elbows or like you know, people being thrown through mountains, or it's not this cap, you know, it's not this Avengers kind of fight going on, and there's explosions everywhere. It's just the devil trying to get Jesus to embrace evil and make it part of himself. It's trying to get Jesus to put the things in charge that should not be in charge. Walking with God is about taking back our humanity by taking the things that have ruled us and putting them where they belong. Spending less isn't caring less. It's just not being crazy. How many of you have ever seen that child with like seven bajillion toys, right? They've got so many toys, they could never, ever play with all the toys. And what are they doing? They're playing with the box in the corner that the toy (laughs) came in, all right? They don't even care about the toy. They're just playing with the stupid box. And so then as the mom and dad, right, you're sitting back going, I I just paid $40 for this box. (laughs) Right? My dad's laughing because that was me apparently as a kid. (laughs) Spending less is not caring less. Have a look at the circumstances surrounding Jesus. Jesus was born to a family that's just like about 99% of the families that have ever lived. Dirt poor. Dad knows a trade. Raised in a family without money. He's just a Jewish peasant. Why didn't he come as a king? Well, if God loves his son... Why didn't? Why wasn't Jesus born to Herod? I mean, other than the fact that Herod was a terrible person, but why? Right? I mean, why wasn't he born in a rich palace? Why didn't God find a rich, good king? There's probably like one of those, and uh, and just make him the dad, and Jesus could be born in that guy's family. Well, then Jesus wouldn't have lived a life like any of us. Put things in perspective for a minute. We have more wealth here than 98% of the history of the world has ever had. If you made $10,000 last year, you made more money than 89% of the world. If you made $40,000 last year, you're up like in the top 5% of incomes in the entire world. Just to put things in perspective. We hear a lot about those evil, wicked CEOs. And I'm sure there are plenty of wicked CEOs. (laughs) Right? The world doesn't have any shortage of them. But you know what? The world doesn't have any shortage of wicked $20,000 makers either. I, uh, I hear a lot about these wicked uh, business owners who, who buy their way into politics, right? But you notice I don't hear a lot of complaining about the politicians who will let themselves get bought by those people. We have to learn how to see things as they are. I want you to turn to Matthew 10. We're, we're going to be finished after we go into this, this place. Jesus is born to a dirt poor family. And you guys remember the story of the Magi, right? So three very powerful, com- very loaded, because you cannot be poor and travel across the entire world in Jesus' time travel from where they are to where Jesus is, which is hundreds and probably a thousand miles or so, to worship Jesus. So you have this poor family, peasants, right? And these three, essentially kings, they might as well be kings, just bowing down before them. What a reversal that is. The gospel is a story of reversals. Reversals. So I want to go to Matthew 10. Uh, I want to read verses 5 to 10. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. Why does Jesus say this? Any thoughts? Why does Jesus tell the disciples this is how they're supposed to go? Trust in God. God. That's a good one. Any other thoughts? He's He's a provider. Any other thoughts? Say that again? Fit in with the people they're gonna see. <laughs> fit in the people they're gonna see. Yeah, that's a good one. What else? The other one, you guys, you're good. The other one that struck, jumped out at me. The kingdom of God does not look like the kingdoms of this world. The kingdoms, the harbingers of these world of this world's kingdom come with pomp, circumstance, they're on a horse, they read their proclamation, right? They have some robes, they have a lot of money. They usually have an armed guard. Just in case they say something that people don't want to hear. But the men who proclaim the kingdom of God don't look like any of those people. Because the kingdom of God is followed by the changing of lives. Not by just some kind of flexing of your muscles. It's about trusting in God. It's about meeting people where they are. It's about understanding that God is our provider. So, I want to encourage you, relax. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to spend a bajillion dollars on your loved ones. Because they will not love you more. Do you want to know how you make your loved ones love you more? Investing in them. We're going to talk about that next week. Part of worshiping fully is learning how to be better with our money. Spend less than we Take in. That's a novel idea, right? Spend less than we take in. That means even at Christmas time, spend less than we take in. Let's enjoy the season for what it is, which is a celebration of God with us. The religion where God came looking for us where we don't need to impress God with how holy we are, he knows we're not. (laughs) We're not fooling anybody. (laughs) One of the greatest miracles of my life is learning that God loves me even though he knows everything there is to know about me. (laughs) That is crazy, right? (laughs) Your loved ones will not love you more because you spent more on them this year. I promise you, they will not. They won't love you less because you didn't spend as much. Because how they view your gift is viewed in the context of your relationship to them. So if you never talk to them and you spend $1,000 on them, they're gonna say, oh, they're just trying to buy my affection. But if you spend if you have life with them and you walk with them, they'll see that $1,000 differently. Or, if you have life with them and walk with them and you spend $100 on them or less, they'll still think the same, right? So let's keep that Christ in Christmas with our wallets by not being irresponsible with what God has given us. Let's spend less because we don't care less and because our loved ones will not love us less. Relax. Enjoy the time. Enjoy your family. Don't put, don't tie up those heavy burdens of having to go out and spend a million dollars. We spent... Four hundred you saw the you saw the video, four hundred and fifty billion dollars last year on Christmas. There is no need to tie a burden like that around your shoulders and carry it around. Relax. Enjoy the time. You don't need your wallet as much as you think you do. Pastor Dan, do you have anything to add? No? We're gonna shift into communion. Uh, but keep that in mind as we move into communion and we celebrate God with us Pastor Dan